Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Fulfillment Project. I want you to buckle in because I am so excited for this this recording. Joe is sitting here in front of me, my business partner, my fiance, my best friend, my travel buddy. We do absolutely everything together and we've been talking for a long time of trying to get on an episode together and it's funny with how much time we actually spend together, but we actually had to put it in the calendar today to get this done. Well, after like 11 months of you doing podcasts, I finally got an invitation to do it. So I feel like I'm uh, I'm finally big enough to be on your show. Um, uh, you made the cut. I made the cut. So I really appreciate you finally having your people call my people and, uh, and organizing this. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've been wanting to do a show for a while and trying to figure out what to talk about. And I think one of the biggest topics that comes up with some people that we work with and just the foundation of our business running together as a couple I thought it would be good to talk about some of the things that we've put in place that actually make us work together well as a couple. It's a pretty interesting topic and I didn't I guess I've I've taken it for granted for how much we've done over the last year and how much I guess we've we've forced ourselves to learn to work together really well. And it wasn't until we were at Can't Fit Pro this year and Marine Hagen was talking about us doing like a, a talk on this next year because I guess it is becoming a lot more popular where, you know, couples want to work together, spend more time together. It's very challenging if you're the only person running a business and the other person's not. But I also think that a lot of people have a very skewed ideology of this wonderland life of like, oh my God, we get to work together and we're going to build a business together. And then you find out that you absolutely aren't able to yeah. <laughs> or it's just not what you think it is. Yeah. So, and I think there's different like levels and expectations of people working together, you know, it, and I think it's interesting because you and I are both, we're both the coaches. We're both the marketers. Like we're both influencers. We both had separate businesses before we even came together. So, you know, I think this talk, you know, anybody listening here, if you want to build a business with your partner and you're both the front runners, there's a lot of things that need to be in place. So we're going to go over some kind of like four skills and like four actionable tasks that we kind of narrow down so that this conversation has some some flow and some structure to it and we're not just rambling for half an hour, an hour here. So one thing I think is important to understand too is that there's different ways of working together. Yes. And I think our way is pretty unique where we – it's not like I had a business and you came into it mm-hmm. or you had a business and I came into it. And we've seen that a lot with people that we work with where you have the stronger, I guess the more dominant, whether it's male or female, who kind of started things from scratch. And then the spouse going, oh my God, that looks so much fun and we can do this together. And they, they, they just think they're going to jump in. And that's a very different role as well. And maybe a talk we can get into uh, in terms of those roles and responsibilities and how that dynamic works. Ours is unique where, you know, we kind of both left our separate things that we were doing and created one identity, one brand, one business together and kind of launched that from the get-go. And that has its pros and cons as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. All right. So you want to jump into this? Or? Let's do it. Um, I have a quick question. Yep. Had you ever tried to build a business with a partner before and it didn't work from yes. a relationship standpoint? Yes. And I think, because I mean, even for the last, I mean, prior to us meeting, it was always kind of like my goal to be able to do that. And it was, it was, it just, uh, once and it, it just failed miserably, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm either, I was either okay with either being with someone who accepted my entrepreneurial side and I can just do what I want, but that also feels very lonely, you know, and, and, you know, when my business really started to grow and I was traveling, like, I mean, I went to Australia by myself, I was traveling to San, San Francisco by myself and going to these conferences and going to these events. And you're like, yeah, this is so exciting. And I, and I get to travel and do what I love to do and speak. And then you're like, I'm here all by myself. 
and I'm renting a car and I'm traveling along the coast of San Francisco by myself and having dinners by myself. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a very fulfilling life. Well, you have no one to share those experiences and the highlights with. Right. So, yeah, I think it'd be kind of lonely. Myself as well, I tried to bring, because I had a, a female fitness brand and even bring a male into that to have that counterpart. And it just, like what you said, it just didn't work. It didn't fit. I didn't feel like they were as invested. And, you know, as we go through some of these like skills and actionable tasks, it's interesting because we have people, you know, some of our students are couples and like sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't. And I think that there needs to be that fine line of, you know, yeah, you can work on some skills together, but both need to be equally invested to the growth of the skills of the business um, and of the organization of everything or else it just doesn't doesn't work. You can look at things two different ways. So let's say like, let's say, for example, I had a very thriving business. We met and you were working in a job that you hated, but there was things that I needed and you wanted to come in so that we can spend some time together. You might not want to be the entrepreneur or the face of the business, but you're like, hey, if I'm going to travel to, let's say, an hour to commute to my job or I can work with you and help you out, I might not be as invested in the business as you, but at least we get to do this together. As yeah. long as there's good communication in terms of what the roles and responsibilities are, yeah. then that can work. Yeah. But I see a big issue when... One person is the entrepreneur. The other person is an entrepreneur imposter. (laughs) And they think they're an entrepreneur. And then when that person comes together with the other person running a business, there's tension and conflict because the one partner is like, I don't think you understand what it means to be an entrepreneur. And now I have to be the one to tell you that you're not. And now we're going to create some conflict in our relationship. So So what what do I do? So what's an entrepreneur imposter? Let's, uh, Oh, the entrepreneur imposter. I just made that up. So I got to figure out what that means. (laughs) Um, I've never, I've I've actually never used that term before. I just feel so enlightened by this podcast. that I'm coming up with great stuff. The entrepreneur imposter is someone who thinks it's really cool to be an entrepreneur. And that just because you run a business, that means like you have all the freedom in the world and money just comes to you. They really have no idea. They have no foundation. The entrepreneur imposter is the person who's never been to the gym before, but they, they, they've trained for three weeks. Now they want to do their first show and win and be Mr. Olympia in a year. It just doesn't work that way. And, you know, that, it, that, that imposter entrepreneur, I think, is just someone who's watched a little, you know, too many Gary V videos and thinks like, oh, my God, I'm going to grind it. I'm going to hustle it. I'm going to make six figures and I'm going to be awesome because now I own my own business. And they don't know the first thing about running a business. Yeah, they're almost like driven employees. Like if you need to be yeah. told what to do or tasked to do or, you know, you don't you don't have that creative brain or that self-discipline, that self-motivation, the entrepreneur world is not for you. No. Right. Um, you highlighted on communication, which is actually our first skill. I guess we can call it a skill. I don't know. We kind of just like jotted down a couple of things before yeah. we hit record here. Um, and I think like we could have a whole like episode about communication. So what is it about communication that you think makes us work well together? The fact that we do. (laughs) Communication is hard. And that's, I I think that's one like breakdown point that a lot of people can fail on. Because if you can't clearly communicate what you need, what you like, what you don't like, and have that other person understand that side of you, then the communication breaks down. Well, let's be honest as well. Like if your relationship is not solid, your business won't be either. Mm-mm. So if you can't communicate in your relationship, if you can't have hard discussions, if you can't talk to your partner about, you know, things that need to change or things that you like or don't like or things that are bothering you, that's just going to trickle into your business as well. And I would say we've learned to communicate better <laughs> over the last year. I think because we've understood each other's communication languages, basically. Yeah, and I think... This is something that I, I, I talked about this week a lot with some of our coaching clients. And this is something that I, I was taught by, by Tony Robbins ages ago, like over a decade ago. And I remember him talking about perception and procedure and talking about how in any situation, if they're, let's say you're upset or you don't like something, you need to step back and say, is it the way I'm perceiving the situation or is it my procedure of the situation? And I think what we've learned to do is I've learned to change my procedure and you've also learned to change your perception. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would speak to you in a way that I thought was productive. You called it yelling. (laughs) Joe gets very heated. I called it communication. And I'm like, that just made sense in my head that if I just speak a little bit louder, then she'll understand me because I'm being very frustrated right now that you don't understand what I'm trying to say to you. 
And you, your, your perception of that was, okay, now he's yelling at me. Now he's mad at me. I'm going to close down. And, and it just spiraled into nothing positive whatsoever. It's also taken some time now where I still get those moments, but your perception is different. You're like, oh, he's just being an idiot and he's yelling at me and it'll be fine in five minutes. And so you don't react the same way. And then my, I would say my, the amount of times I, I behave that way is also like, I need to be more aware. I've become more aware of like, okay, that's not the best way of communicating. So if I change my procedure a little bit and you change your perception a little bit, we can kind of meet a nice middle ground. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the last year, we've done that really well is me learning how to communicate better with you. You learn to not take things so personally. We'll get to that in a little second as well. And then both of us just adapting to say, what's the best way that the two of us can get to our destination faster and more effectively. Yeah. Because you kind of like to yell and get everything out and heated and you get very vocal and loud. And for me, that shuts me down. And I feel like that doesn't progress anywhere. For me, I'm like, I just want to like talk it out. Like, how can we change? How can we make this better? Let's move on with life. You like the emotions to get risen and uh, rose. And then that that just breaks me down completely. And it's funny because, I mean, we've also had a a conversation where like, you know, I was previously married and, you know, hard like I me mean, i come from a european background she was old school portuguese and the only way europeans talk is by yelling like that's all we do is we just yell at each other and then we have dinner and then there's nothing to be said it's just like cool and, and like to me that was just normal so if if that works with someone for so many years then you think there's nothing wrong with it because that's that was the most effective way of communicating with someone and then you realize that the rest of the world doesn't communicate that way and you're like oh well they're crazy yeah. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, no, maybe, maybe I'm also crazy because it just doesn't work for that person. You have to learn to adapt a little bit as well. And I think it's important that people really take the time to not really going like, I mean, the whole love language is a whole other separate conversation, but just the communication language, like what works well for you and what doesn't work. And, and somehow if they're, if they're very conflicting styles, like being able to meet somewhere in the middle is, is very important. But I think that comes with like a growth mindset, maturity and wanting to, to work on things. And a lot of people are stubborn and that's like, I kind of owe that to you because you're a pretty stubborn man mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a very patient person. hundred <laughs> percent. I was talking to our friend Brenda this week about my stubbornness and I feel like my stubbornness is a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's, it's, it's such a double-edged sword where it serves me so much that I can't look at it too negatively because there's a lot of things that I've been able to get through. There's a lot of stuff I've been able to do in, in my life, in my business, that if it wasn't for my stubbornness, I would have either crumbled or I would have given up or I just wouldn't have like done it. And so from that, I feel so blessed that it's like because I'm so stubborn, it allows a lot of my success. The other side of the sword is that sometimes that stubbornness can also create a lot of conflict because a lot of people don't like dealing with stubborn people. Um, so it's just learning to kind of like, when do you turn on and off that, that stubbornness? Yeah. I remember it was this past summer and I was sitting here at the island of our kitchen and you were sitting in the living room. And I think that was like one of the first, like we had a really in-depth conversation of like things that you weren't happy with and, or things that I was doing or just like disagreements on how things were, were being played out. And that was the first time where things didn't get really like heated and emotional. I remember sitting here and I looked at you and I was like, wow, like that, we did pretty good there. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember sitting on the couch and I can't remember what it was that I was probably unhappy about something and annoyed with something. And we just, we, we had a conversation. Yes. It was magical. Like we actually just talked. I politely expressed my views and you politely expressed your views. And then we kind of came to an agreement and then we sat there confused going, Oh, I guess this meeting's over. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. that was good. That just took us a year to figure out how to do I know. it. I think we actually, did, I think we actually did a high five too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I guess, I mean, you got to realize too, that when it comes to communication, especially in relationships is that the reality is when you, when you communicate with someone, it's you're trying to express your views and you want them to see your view. And then if they don't see your view or if they can't read your mind, you get frustrated. And if you don't know any other way of communicating your thoughts, your ideas to someone so they can see your point of view, then you just get more and more frustrated. And I think that's where we've just learned to become better at making it more clear what it is that we're trying to say or what, what the outcome is. And if we're not getting that outcome, why is that? Because a lot of times, too, it's you kind of assume like, oh, they just know what I want or they know what I need or they, they know what I mean. When in reality, like you really need to be very clear, clear communication on exactly what you want, what you need and what you mean, or else the misinterpretation comes in. Yeah. And I think 
And again, for those either starting a business together or who are in a business together, this is the first topic we're talking about is communication. And I, and I definitely agree that this has to be probably the, the biggest priority. It's the foundation. And let's be honest, I don't even care if you're not in business with someone. Mm. If you're in business with a friend, if you're in business with just random people that you you, you hire, this is still going to be the, the 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 foundation of how to run your business. If you can't com- you know communicate with your partners or your staff, staff, yeah. which we see a lot of problems yes. too, you're not going to have a great solid business. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second thing we want to talk about was acceptance. You have to accept my stubbornness, <laughs> and I do. <laughs> But I think even at the beginning when we started working together, I thought I had to be you and we thought that we had to like do everything together. And I think it's that acceptance that we are two like very different people, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of like commonalities, but very different people in that it's that acceptance of just who that person is. My first kind of, as soon as you say acceptance, my first memory and my flash, these images that I get in my head was how much stress I cause you the way my brain works. Because I'm just like chaos and you're like, I need it in the calendar. When are we doing this? How are we doing this? I want the point form notes. And I'm just like, slow down, lady. Mm. I'm like, that's not how I operate. This is how I operate. And we had two very different approaches to how we dealt with or how we created new ideas or how we unfolded. Or even ran a business. Yeah. Yeah. Operation. Yeah. You're very systematic. I need every T dotted and I need every... I with a little dot on top as well, or sorry, T's crossed, I's dotted. Um, and you just see everything before you get started. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't care about the how. I just care about the how, you know, what I want to do and why I want to do it. And the rest will unfold. And that gave you a lot of anxiety because it, it seemed very out of control for you. And if you didn't have that control, it gave you a lot of anxiety. Yeah. That lack of control fuels me. Like even to this day, we talk about how like I need stress. I love stress. And I love putting so much on my plate. I love the pressure of business. You don't. So we've had to learn to, to and you can't take that away from me because then I, I don't get motivated. Yeah. And if I and if I put that on you, you don't get motivated. So we've had to learn how to do the same project. Separately. But separately. Yeah. So I have my ways of kind of motivating myself, but then also giving you enough either information or enough of my vision. And I think you've also needed less information for me because like everything we've put out or every time I've had an idea to launch something, it's always come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And I know for you, you said like in the past, you've been with people who say they want to do stuff, but it never gets done. Well, that's like so many people, everybody wants desires and a specific outcome, but are you actually willing to do it and see, like I'm a very follow through person. If I say I'm doing something, I'm going to do it. Um, And I think like, that's like, we're both massive action takers, but we're, we action very differently. Like for me, like I, I want to know like the system, the procedure, the funnel, like where people are moving through before I start that action. Whereas with you, you kind of just like. <laughs> Point and shoot. Point and shoot. Figure it out along the way. Yeah. And, we were, and they both we have both their strengths. We were successful separately right. doing our own thing. So that was that acceptance of learning like, okay, Joe has his way that's successful. I have my way that works. And not feeling like we need to action the same. Right. And I think it's it 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 took us quite a bit of time because I guess you needed proof from me and I needed proof from you. So instead of either one of us saying my way's better, come to my side. And I'm looking at that. So there's there's an Evian bottle right in front of us right now. Your water bottle's right there, and I'm looking at the mountain. And I'm going to talk about the mountain story. And I can't remember when we talked about this a long time ago. We talked about like you know sometimes running a business or being in a relationship with someone running a business is like basically being on a mountain. And you're trying to get to the top of the mountain. Now, let's be honest. Like, let's say you have a round mountain. So you, you can go on any, any side of this mountain. The reality is it doesn't matter which side you choose. You can still get to the top of the mountain. You know, I might be on the right side of the mountain. You might be on the left side of the mountain. And we're both trying to tell each other, like, no, this is a better way. Just because that's the only side that we see. But in reality, like, I can climb up one side. You can climb up the other side. And we still get to the top in our own way. And I think it just it, it required a little bit of trust to say, like, Cool. You go your way. I go my way. But we're going to meet at the top and we're going to get there the same. You know, if at any time, though, if I notice, I'm like, hey, Sarah, your side of the mountain has a giant cliff. Mine doesn't. It might be a little bit easier if we go a little bit on my side to avoid some of those pitfalls. And then you might say, Joe, halfway up, you have an issue on that side of the mountain. Come to my side and, and you know, we'll get there a little bit faster. We've kind of learned to, I guess, maneuver our way around that mountain so that you and I can both have our own path, but then help each other get up at the same time. Yeah, because we um, we both have very different strengths. 
your very old school business. You know, you want to meet people, shake hands, kiss babies, network. Um, I love the techie digital side. And like you weren't really, not that you didn't value it, but I'm more like, I want the systems. I want to do like the ads. I want the pixels. Like, you know, I want to make sure we're capturing leads. And to you, I I know you value that stuff, but that wasn't really like the forefront of how you ran your business. So it's understanding that we can use both um, and, and uh, exceed with that. I guess I think we were lucky because if we both had the same strengths, we'd both be fighting to go shake hands and kiss babies and then no one would be doing the back end. Yeah. And I think whether that's fate, fluke, whatever it may be, because you do see some people that, that go into business together that have the exact same strengths, which means they both want to do the same thing and the stuff that needs to get done that they both don't want to do, neither one of them is doing it. Yes. And then there's an argument of like, like let's say we both hated click funnels or email automation or stuff like that. Imagine every Monday waking up going, well, who's running the email today? Mm. I don't want what you, I wrote last week. Why don't you write it this week? And we just both want to avoid that. Yeah. And so we don't have that same level of passion in the areas that we don't like. Again, like I just think it's 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 a crazy twist of fate that you know we kind of wrote down some notes and I almost kind of like I call it like our business is like a yin yang where there's so many things that I'm so good at doing and all the stuff that I hate or I'm not good at doing you literally fill in that gap. I know. And the stuff that you hate doing is what I love to do and I'm great at doing the most and that's hard to to find and it's hard to put together and so. And that's another reason like, a lot of times when people go into business, like it might be convenient, but it might not be the, the right thing to do. And if you really don't have all your holes plugged in your business and the, and the two of you coming together, don't like personally speaking, I think that whether you're in a relationship or not, if you're going to go into business with someone and this is like, I, I've gone through this, trust me, still going through this from, from a legal perspective with old, you know, old gym and stuff like that. One plus one. So meaning if you bring two people into your business, it should not equal two. One plus one should equal three, four, or five. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just because I mean, if, if one plus one equals two, you're splitting the income. So you must just do it by yourself. So if you're going to bring in two partners, like collectively, you should make more than double. If you bring in three, three people, it shouldn't be like one plus one plus one equals three. It should equal like nine. It should be exponential because now you have three people and then collectively filling in gaps. Yeah. And if you're bringing someone into your business and you're making the exact same money, you're now actually making half. Yeah. And that's you what don't I, want to split that. You're not splitting what you currently make. And I see that mistake too. So I was like, oh my God, my boyfriend or my girlfriend's going to come and work with me. Cool. Six months later, the income's the exact same. You're just giving them tasks to keep them busy, but now you're paying them. They're an employee. They're an employee. <laughs> yeah. And, and if that's cool with you, that's fine. But again, this is a business conversation. And if your business is not, well, I'm going to digress. I'm going to catch myself in a lie. If it means that you're paying someone so they, they, they don't have to work a job they hate, you guys now spend more time together, your relationship becomes stronger because of it, and you're both okay with that situation. Look, if you're making a million dollars by yourself, you bring your partner on, and you're still making a million dollars, and neither one of you care if you're not making any more, who am I to say that's wrong? Right. <laughs> if that works for you. Now, if you're if you're looking to go into to to business with your partner so your business can grow, that's what I'm talking about. So make sure that you know you, you clearly understand what it is your strengths are, and if you do really complement each other, and if working together would and could actually strengthen your relationship. Yeah, and I think that's where like that yin yang, like what you talked about, came in. And I love that we balance the the strengths and weaknesses so well. And that took us a while to learn because I think at the beginning we both thought like, okay, today we're working on PowerPoints for our presentation together. And we were trying to do a lot of things together, but even like now, um, and when we get into some like actionable tasks, like sometimes like you're off doing your own thing. I'm off, off doing my own thing during the days. And it's just kind of a known, like, yeah, Sarah's taking care of this right. and everything is, is set out and there's, there's clear communication, but yet no actual communication as well. But see, we we lost a big contract earlier this year. You know, we lost a $60,000 contract. I remember that. And two things I learned from that. One, you can't read my mind. Because <laughs> one of the biggest issues with that contract was, it was kind of like, even though it was our contract, it was mine. And you didn't really have a lot to do with it. And you always had to, you were kind of waiting for me to give you some direction. Like, let's say, like, you know, hey, Sarah, this week I need you to do this for that company. 
if I didn't say anything, you didn't do anything because you couldn't read my mind. And you thought I had things taken care of. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, you know, a couple of months in where we realized like we were really letting that, that company slip. We weren't giving them the attention they need. We really, I'll, I'll be the first to say we screwed up massively. We fucked up. Like we really fucked up. We didn't over deliver. We took advantage of how much they were paying us. And I was getting frustrated with you because I'm like, oh my God, you have so much to offer them, but you're not doing anything. And then you're getting frustrated with me saying... Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because you're the one talking to them all the time and you're not telling me what to provide yeah, them. You landed the deal. You had all the meetings. and yeah, yeah. So that was a huge learning curve. I think I think that since then, because I remember like we, we had a mentorship. I got the phone call. It was a Friday. It was a Saturday afternoon. Got the phone call. I was in the truck with Jesse, one of our clients. And it was one of the most, it reminded, it reminded me of Jerry Maguire. When they, when they, when they, when they go out for lunch and he gets fired at lunch and he can't make a scene about it. Yeah. I'm sitting there in the truck. I'm like, hello. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Okay, just lost 60 grand. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, have a great day. Click. Just like, what's that about? I'm like, nothing. I just lost $60,000 and I have to tell Sarah. Oh, my God. So the first thing I learned was, okay, do not ever take for granted the business that you have because it can be lost just like that. The second thing, and I think you would have reacted a lot differently had this happened a year earlier. I remember telling you that. And for those who know me very well, and you know me as well, I love a good punch in the face. Virtual punch you in like the face. like the struggle. I love someone being like, you idiot. Ha ha. You fucked up. You lost. And I just like, I like taking you on the chin. You know, you wipe your mouth. Like, oh yeah, I'm bleeding a little bit, but I'm not dead. That's cool. And I remember telling you that story. I'm like, hey, hon, we just lost $60,000. And we finished our mentorship, and the next day we could have sit in there. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. And I remember we could have felt sorry for each other. We could have been like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? It's a lot of money. And we sat there, and we're like, fuck them. I think we worked for like 10 hours that day. All we did was nurture our clients. We sent videos to our clients. We started planning for like – and I think within like 10 to 15 days, we made that money back. Yeah. And it really gave me a lot of faith knowing that if our business is great, we're very happy – but we can lose a very big contract and you're not scared or worried or like if I was with someone who would have just like lost it that day, I'd be like, oh my God, I got to take care of you and not got to run this business. Yeah. But it's cool to see that, I guess for better or for worse in a business relationship is that we worked very well, either under the pressure when things are great, we work well. But even if we lose business, the first instinct we have is like, fuck it, let's figure out a way How to make do we this fix work. this? Yeah. 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 I think that comes into our next point with, Taking the emotion out of business. Oh, I'll leave this one up to you. Please. <laughs> like, okay, we're, we're, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joe Arco and I'm taking over the fulfillment project for a little bit here. Um, Sarah, thank you for being on the show. Um, I got some questions for you. I'm a woman. I'm emotional. <laughs> um, how do you feel about uh, taking emotion out of business? Mm, that was a massive learning lesson for me. And I think that's been my biggest growth over this last year of working together. Um, and this comes back to like our communication styles as well. So, like business talks can get heated and you've really helped me understand that like business is business. Business is transactional. It's about money. It's about systems. It's about procedures and it has nothing to do with our personal relationship. Right. So when we used to have disagreements about the business and they got heated, I took it personal that, Oh, Joe's mad at me. Um, you know, he doesn't love me anymore. And it, I was feeling like it was a strain on the personal relationship. Now, over the last, let's say, whatever, 12, 18 months, how many coaching clients have we had? And they've actually said to me, Joe, you've hurt my feelings. A couple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what was frustrating for me was like, I, I have a way of coaching, a way that I enjoy coaching. And it's not, I'll, I'll be the first to admit publicly that it's not for everyone. Um, I remember in one of our mentorships a few months back, where I, it was with Manny. And I remember having a conversation with Manny once, and, and Manny was being a fucking idiot. Like, legit a fucking idiot. And he was being this fucking idiot, and I stopped him. I'm like, and, and I hope Manny, I'm going to make sure that Manny listens to this, because I want to make sure he knows I'm talking about him. I go, Manny, you're being a fucking idiot right now. <laughs> and I just laid out why he was being a fucking idiot. And I remember him thanking me. He's like, fuck, I needed that. And then I remember telling this story in our mentorship group and man, he's like, yeah, he called me a fucking idiot. And then Justin's like, he called me a fucking idiot too. And Brenda was like that. And Matt was like that. And like all of a sudden all these hands started going up like, 
Okay, so it wasn't just me. That's just the way Joe coaches. I have a very tough love approach. If you're being stupid, I'm going to tell you you're being stupid because I can't coach any other way. And I've had people where that just doesn't work. And I used to blame them saying, no, you need this. But the reality is I think everyone does like to be coached differently. If my style does not suit you, our application is a lot different now. I'm very very forward with as soon as we meet someone – I'm like, look, there's a good chance I'm going to call you a fucking idiot if you're being a fucking idiot. Here's how I like to coach people. And if you don't like that, I respect it. Find a different coach. But I think that comes back to communication as well. So, like, you know, when we used to have those – because you're a very raw – like, you'll say exactly what's on your mind with absolutely no filter. And it's not that you dislike the other person or that they've done something, like – Wrong. Wrong. Um, And I think, like, you're more open now, even, like, in our conversations, you're like, this is not about you, this is about the business. And same, like, even with our clients, like, you know, if you're cutting down their marketing, like, it has nothing to do with you, like, we're just trying to better the business. But you didn't realize that. I think you took everything personally because you never saw me talk to other people that way. So I think you just assumed that, oh, just because I'm your girlfriend doesn't mean you have the right to talk to me like that. And I think you actually thought that maybe you were special. Like, Oh, Joe gets to talk to me this way, but he talks nicely to other people. And I remember being on the phone with like Kennedy or being on the phone with other people. And you're like, oh, oh, he talks to them like that too. It's not just me. And so he's treating me like he's treating everyone else. So I wasn't treating you any differently, but I think you also need to see that. Okay, wait a second. He treats other business people that way or coaching clients that way. That's his coaching style. And, he, and he's treating this business like a business that he's trying to protect and grow And he's treating me the exact same way. I'm not taking advantage of you because we're in a relationship. So I get to speak to you differently than anyone else. I actually respected you enough to say, I'm going to treat you just like any other business person. Yeah. And that also came with like that, that all, like when we first started working together and that comes back to like learning how to communicate and acceptance and to take the emotion out of business, like business is business and there's certain things that need to be said, but it's also, I had to understand that a serious talk had nothing to do with your actual feelings about me. And so right. like you would get heated or say something raw that I would take personally. And then my energy around you would change for like hours or even days after. Whereas like I had to learn that, you know, a, a heated conversation about business had nothing to do with how we were going to operate moving forward. So if I don't change my energy and how I talk to you moving forward from that, then you don't change your approach to me too. And we'll give the listeners a good example of like a very heated argument we have. I remember when we first, it was in the, I think it was August when we were going to launch our first mentorship program. Last year. Last year. You were still doing your online coaching. Oh, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> and so I remember you and I sat down, decided that we're going to go into this coaching business, which now means we're in business together. I'm promoting stuff. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm literally getting all of our leads. I'm getting all the people into this business. I'm, I'm literally, I feel like I was doing everything to launch this business. I would do some posts. I would reach out. I was driving to London to meet people and sell people. And I'm like, hey, Han, can you repost that, like, you know, our ad? And you're like, um... I don't think I want, and maybe I'm paraphrasing this or maybe I'm not, maybe I'm making this exaggerating. This is my Sarah voice. This is my Sarah voice. Um, I really don't want to confuse my audience and my brand. So I don't feel comfortable posting that. I remember being in my truck. You lost it. And I lost my fucking mind. Folks, I lost my fucking mind. Hear me out. Imagine you find a great friend and you go into business with that person I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what you're doing. And your business partner says, I don't want to advertise our business because it's going to confuse my audience. Meaning, why the fuck do I have a business partner? And that's what was going through my head. I'm like, what am I doing? Why the hell am I going to the business with someone who doesn't even want to advertise their business? I'm like, we need to have a talk. And I came home and I spoke to you like I would speak to anyone. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. If you and I are 50-50 in a business and you can't, understand that you have to market that business because you're afraid of confusing your audience. We need to have a talk. And it wasn't until like probably about six months later that we found out that the only reason why you were actually just very confused about your role. Like this was so new for you and it wasn't comfortable. And it wasn't that you wanted to confuse your audience. You just didn't know 
how to step into that role. I had no clue. And like, I've, I've talked about this on the show before with, you know, for seven years and how I even, like I started showing up online as a fitness figure in like 2008. Right. Like my whole identity online was Sarah, the fitness girl. I right. still had my fitness business. We were running some workshops. I was, you know, part-time business coaching some people and some friends wanting to go full-time. But I like literally, my identity was so stuck on Sarah, the fitness girl. Also, with what we were charging in our mentorship, and this comes back to like a money mindset, like worth issue, it was hard for me to ask for that much money from people because I never asked for it before. I wasn't valuing what I knew about marketing, social media systems, back end. And like that was a hard transition knowing, again, and this comes back to like people know that they want an outcome, but are they actually willing to do the work needed to change themselves and to step into that role that they need to, to actually have that outcome? Right. And that was a hard like six months for me to like, shift that identity for myself and just i mean and i hope people can understand my frustration where it's like i was so excited to, to launch this business only once i'm now fully committed to running this business with you to find out you don't want to advertise it or sell it i like literally couldn't even like <laughs> repost a social media post like it was crazy i was losing my <laughs> mind like i just i couldn't even comprehend i'm like what did i just get into and I mean, we, we did so well with our first mentorship and I felt like I, I it, it took a lot out of me to, to even launch that because it, it came from all my contacts. Yep. It, the entire thing came from like, so I just felt like, why am I doing this with you? If I just feel like, it's almost like what we talked about before. Like, okay, I'm basically running a business or I'm launching this new business and you're kind of like tagging along. You don't want to post, you don't want to sell. You're too nervous to do it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, we had a lot of conversations and arguments and it took a long time, I guess, for you to even see that. Yeah. But it's funny. And, I, and I've mentioned this on the show before and, you know, with coaching our clients, it took like six months for me to actually start getting leads in from my contacts right. into our business. And so many people want, like you, you can want something, but it's not going to happen for you overnight. Right. It's that consistent action. And, and that's this is why I love talking about marketing because people think that just because you have an audience or you have a presence or you have an influence that you're automatically going to be successful. And it took six months of me like changing my identity, changing my mindset, like understanding my value for marketing to actually like really full force, like step in and and get solid leads in for our business. And now, I mean, like a year later, everything is pretty much it's a good like 50 50 really level um, I think we, we equally bring in just as many clients. Oh, yeah. And it, it just, I guess what was frustrating for, for me is that I saw your worth and I saw your value, but you didn't. Yeah. And so, and the more you couldn't, when I was speaking in a very low tone, you couldn't understand me. So I thought, hey, maybe if I speak louder, she'll understand that I think she's really good and that she's <laughs> good at doing this and that she's worth it. And we should be charging this amount of money and she should be advertising. Oh, she still can't hear me. I'll speak a little louder. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand how you can't understand me right now. Um, but it, but we got there. And it, it, I mean, I give you a lot of credit because you realized it and you put a lot of work in to make the changes you need to make to get where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you would say that we kind of do on a daily or weekly basis from an actual perspective? Uh, well, so I think there's four things that we do really well. We can kind of take some turns going through this. I think one is that we are very, very clear at our roles and responsibilities. Like that, I think, is, is very important because if you just assume someone's going to do something and you don't know, it's probably not going to get done. And if you don't divvy up those responsibilities and just assume like, I don't know, maybe Sarah will do it. And you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe Joe will do it. Chances are it's not going to get done. So I think we, we've become really clear on what the roles and responsibilities are. And that means you don't have to micromanage people either. Like, I right. think if you, if I felt like you had to micromanage me or you were nitpicking at me, like it would drive me fucking nuts. Right. And, and vice versa. So you're in charge of our, our weekly or like the, the, the emails that go out during the week. I've never proofread them. To be honest, I don't even read them all. The ones I do are fantastic. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, but you know, I, I just, I put, I put that trust in you. Like that's your department. Yeah. And I'm not your boss. No. So I don't need to micromanage that department. Every Sunday, I do our accountability emails for our entire group. So there's like 45 emails that go out. You've never proofread them. You don't read them. You know, you don't do the replies for that. You just know like, hey, that's Joe's job. And, and I know he's doing that really well. And a lot of people, I think, either split roles. That's not a good thing. No. So don't be like, 
hey, you take this on Monday, I'll do the exact same thing on, on Friday. I think when you find out what your strengths are and hopefully they, they, they kind of, they don't match, but they complement each other yeah. very well is don't, don't micromanage, allow that person to excel or make mistakes. If they make mistakes, it's going to happen. Um, but just allow them to, to do what they need to do. So I think that roles responsibilities was, was huge for us. Yeah. And when that's clear too, it's like, okay, so like every week I know I need to do ABC. Right. You're not on me. There's no like resentment. There's no like, what did you do today? Yeah. Cause if you have conversations like that, it, it doesn't feel equal. And this is when you end up with yeah, resentment and that negativity in the relationship. But we also, so here's the difference too. We've never gone, even on date night, we talk business. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's people who are like, oh, we shut things off. And like, you know, like, fuck it. We love, like, we're together in business. Like, I don't give a shit if we go, like, like we were in Jamaica and we're on the balcony talking business or like wherever we went, we're talking business. Like, it's what we do. Like, we're happy to do it. It's our life. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean we have nothing else to talk about, but like, we enjoy doing that. And I mean, there's times that we have very busy days and there's times where you're like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, eh. Just on the couch for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, oh, did you put in your eight hours today? I put in six and you've only done four. You owe me two hours. We we both like to work. And that, that's not an issue that either one of us has. And that could be challenging. It could be challenging for someone who wants to put in more hours or wants to grow things. And then their partner is kind of like, man, I'm living the life. Like, I'm going to go shopping today. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to get my, my nails done. And the other partner's like, really? Because... We're not even halfway through our to-do list today, and I don't think you quite understand what it takes to grow this business. Yeah. I think that comes with trust, too, though. So, like, yeah. with the clear roles and responsibilities, I, I trust you that, like, you care about the growth of the business, that it's going to get done. Right. Like, there's no, like, oh, I hope Joe, like, shows up today. And I think the way we do that very well is that, like, we have our weekly meetings. Like, I mean, even after this podcast right now. It's in the calendar. We, it's in the calendar that we have our meeting of what needs to get done over the next couple of weeks. So, we have those meetings just like any other staff meeting would. Like you have a staff meeting. Hey, guys, where are things? Where do we need to improve? Who's doing what? And, and you, you, you know, you, I, I kind of consider us like we make recipes every week. Like, hey, we want to we bake this or we want to cook this. Cool. What's the recipe? Here's the ingredients that we need. Cool. You go bake this. I go make this. And then we'll bring it together. Yeah. And so I don't have to worry about what you're cooking today. Like I just know you, you know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. And I think at the end of the day, as long as it gets done – I mean, there's a lot of weeks. We don't work 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of weeks. And, you know, because we don't need to or, you know, we're very actionable. We, we're very concise and we, we spend our time very wisely that if we're done by 2 o'clock, we're done by 2 o'clock. If, if I mean, there's also been many Mondays and many oh, Thursdays, Thursdays where it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night and we're still working. Yeah. And those weekly meetings, like having the roles and responsibilities, having those weekly meetings – has been very helpful so that we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. I also think too, like, I just want to touch on the weekly meetings is that, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in like the day to day. And, you know, we talk business all the time or sometimes like over dinner, like we're always talking business, but setting aside like that hour or two per week where you sit down and it's like, okay, what's happening the next couple of weeks. There's that really clear communication and you can get so much more accomplished and you're actually both on the exact same page for things. Cause there's many times where, and I've also noticed that you've said some things to me in passing that I don't, that I sometimes haven't taken as like a valid and then you're like, why didn't you do that? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot. Like, you right. said it to me as I'm, like, jumping into the shower. So, like, the weekly meetings, it's kind of like, okay, like, this is what's happening. Like, I know our weekly meeting coming up. Like, we're going to be talking about the next, like, 60 days, like, going into 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, what is major on our plate and what needs to get done? Yeah. And it's like what you said, like, with any business, you the staff meeting. Yeah. Staff and meeting. The, the third thing that really helps us is that we share a calendar on our phone. I love that. Yeah. So like, I know exactly what your days are like or my days are like, or if I need to schedule something, I don't have to like ask you, wait for you. You put in your calendar, you put in my like, thank you, Google. Like, honestly, thank you, yeah. Google and Gmail. Cause like anytime you book a podcast or if I have a meeting or my work, like, you know what, like where I am, what I'm doing and, and vice versa for you. And that's really helped too, because now if you want to book something, goes back to the communication. Like we know what each other's doing. Um, yeah. That's really helped. Cause at first you were always asking me like, what time, like when, when do you have time for this? Or, or when do you want to book this? And yeah. it, just, it just took extra steps. You have to look at efficiency, right? Yeah. Like if you want to get ahead faster and you want like better, clear communication, I can see exactly when your workouts are. I can right. see if like 
you can see if I have like a hair appointment coming up, like, you know, I know when your calls are. I think that also allows us to be careful how much we put on each other's plates because mm-hmm. um, there's certain things I need from you and certain things you need from me. And I can look at the day. I'll be like, OK, like I'm not going to like send him a message that I need like A, B, C, D, D, right. you know, like today when he's got like five calls booked. Right. Um, so you can take that pressure off of each other because you know exactly what the workload is. Exactly. So, I mean, for those who are working together, it, it's, I mean, like I, I never sit there and go, oh my God, like she's always seeing what I'm doing and I can't, I can't go anywhere without Sarah knowing where I am. We share it just password. makes my, yeah, like, it just makes <laughs> my life There's no so closed much doors in this relationship. No, I think that, and then, so basically, you know, the roles, roles, responsibilities, the weekly meetings, sharing the calendar. So it just makes communication a lot easier as well. And I think the last thing that we'll talk about is just the, the personal development together. Mm. And we've both been in situations where when you outgrow someone, you're doomed, right? So if you are running a business and, you know, I gave you a lot of, like earlier this year when we hired Craig, you had no, sorry, Craig, but you had no idea who Craig was. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, getting off my podcast with Craig, going on his website and, you know, Craig was urging me to do the, Mm -hmm. the one day, you know, perfect life, uh, perfect day workshop with him. And, you know, that cost us like almost $8,000. And I remember like, you have no idea who this guy was. And I remember saying like, Sarah, I think we should do this. And most people will be like, I'm not spending $8,000 for one day. Like, that's just ridiculous. What's the ROI? Like, like really? Like, do we really need this right now? And you could, like, it was just something I felt very strongly about. I'm like, honestly, this is a good decision. It's something that we need. And you trust it. You're like, okay, let's do it. And it honestly turned out to be the best decision we made this year. And I think it's important that people realize, like, if, if you know, had I said I really want to do this and you're like, no, there's going to be conflict. If I'm continuing to grow or hire coaches and do stuff and you don't, and we've seen this as well with people who aren't in business, but in relationships, Oh yes. one person's growing. I want to spend money on this. I want to spend money on this. I want to like, you know, um, hire coaches and the person's like, you don't need that. You don't need that. And we should spend that money on other stuff or why don't we, you know, take a trip together instead. And they don't see the value in it. And then suddenly once you're no longer developing at the same level together, obviously it's, it's like anything. You become two different people. Right. If we're climbing a mountain and at least if we're on different sides of that mountain, but at least we're at the same height, yeah, we get to the top at the same time. Yeah. If I'm climbing a mountain and you're still stuck in the bottom and the higher I keep going and keep going, keep going, suddenly it's like you keep getting further and further away. Yeah. And even though you're not like I'm the one climbing, you're like, look, I'm not going backwards. I'm like, no, you're not going backwards. But you're also not moving forwards with me. Yeah. And I mean, I've been in those situations where you continue to grow and you just realize how much of a gap there is. Yeah. And I think like we both valued personal development before we even met each other. And I think like that's like, I love going to conferences. I love learning. I love like hiring a coach and expediating a process, cutting down on time um, and doing that together. And like what you said, I've been in situations where I've outgrown people I've dated and then you're just on two different pages. Mm -hmm. You have a, a book theory about relationships and business. Oh, my book theory. Same page. Oh, we're doing this? Come let's on. Do it. Let's I was gonna, do I was going to like I was going to say this for my own podcast. I, I, I still love this analogy. I think in order for for a relationship and especially a relationship that you're in business with to successfully work, we've all heard the same we've all heard like a, you know, the term like hey, we're on the same page. Well, I think the reality is like you and I are on the same page of the same book reading at the same time. So it's like it's I mean like so think of it this way. Have you ever let's say you have a great book that you're reading. I want to read the same book, but you're five chapters ahead of me. And you're telling me all the things that are happening and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, the fuck? Like you're ruining this for me or I just don't see what's going on. Or you're annoyed with me because I'm so, like, I'm reading the same book, but I'm so far behind that we can't share the same excitement. Mm-hmm. And I think when things really work perfectly in a relationship and in business, it's like two people are reading the exact same book, they're on the exact same page and they're reading at the exact same level. Yeah. Or the same speed. Yeah. And that way they're like, the, the experiences are the same. They're sharing ideas at the same time. They, the, the, the perception it's of exactly what's going on is the exact same. What's painful is when one person, or, or, or you're reading two different books. And I see that a lot where you might, you know, they could be the same topic. Yeah. But there's just different books, different views. And then what starts to happen is you're trying to share your book with the other person. Like, no, 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 this is what my book is saying. And then the other person's like, no, 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 this is what my book is saying. And then there's conflict because you guys don't really have the same perception. Yeah. 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 I love that analogy. <laughs> it's like my radio analogy. Your radio analogy. Same frequencies. 
Please, share. Oh, man, you're taking we, all my good stuff. This, I love this. I have such a great memory of this. We were in Amsterdam sitting on a bench um, just talking about life, and you came up with this analogy. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So I came up with, you know, the perfect relationship is when two people are on the exact same frequency singing the same song. So, you know, let's say we're in the car and we each had a, a portable stereo. You're playing one genre of music. You're playing country and I'm playing metal. You want to hear your song. I want to hear my song. We're on two different frequencies. And this is where arguments happen. Mm. So I want you to hear me. So what do I do? If you're playing your music and I'm playing my music, what's the most natural thing for me to do? If you want Turn your music up. Turn my music up, <laughs> which is why we yell, right? And then you have two options. You're like, you either back down and turn yours down so you can hear my music, but you don't like it. Or you could turn yours up to drown my out, and now we're arguing back and forth as to whose music we should be listening to. And I think in a, in a, in a very harmonious relationship is when both people are on the same frequency, and that frequency is coming in very clear. So if I'm listening to 105, you know, 104.5, and it's staticky, it's really annoying too. I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to it like that. If it comes in very clear, and we both happen to be on the exact same station, and it's coming in very clear, both liking the same song, that's an awesome relationship. And I feel like. That's kind of like what we have 99% of the time is that we're on the same station, same frequency. Everything's coming in very clearly. And we're not trying to – we're also not like saying, hey, you know what? You listen to one song and then, then you have to listen to my song. We kind of go back and forth. We're just both on the same frequency. Yeah. I think that's that's very rare. I've never had that before. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. And we're engaged. Yeah, we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I shared that a, a couple episodes ago about that whole experience and the story behind it and how – you know, that was a 10-month development. The hardest thing is when you work with someone <laughs> and you work from home and she knows your schedule and where you go every day. Do you know how hard it is to try to take time out of the day to go to, like, a jeweler's who, like, I mean, I, mean, I found a really amazing custom, but I'm not going to the mall for this shit. Like, I, I got to find a guy and it's like like taking like over an hour out of my day, just like me. And I have to go there multiple times. I'm like, oh man, I was like, I'd have my friend Andrew pick me up just so you know I was with someone else, not just like, hey, I'm just going out for a little bit. And you're like, where's he going? Yeah. I'd have Andrew pick me up. I'm like, yeah, we're going to the gym. I'm like packing gym clothes and stuff. And I'm like, shit, what if she goes to the gym too and I'm not there? And she's gonna catch me lying and then she's gonna think I'm doing something. And the whole time, like it just caused me so much anxiety going, if she only knew what I was doing, because if I get caught. I'm going to get yelled at and I have to further my lie because I can't tell her what I'm doing. And the more lies that she's going to catch me in, the more pissed she's going to be. I'm like, this is not fun. Like this, there's the most stressful situation I was in was like trying to do something amazing for you and then lie to you at the same time. I had no and idea. And not get caught. I had no idea. You pulled it off. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Again, goes back to like sharing our calendar. It's uh, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Well, I mean, not, well, I mean, there's no other surprises for you, so yeah, it's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always open to surprises. Uh, no, nowhere else I need to be that you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Anything else you want to say about couples and business relationships? Yeah, yeah, I got a lot to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we could be here all day. I, I mean, I think I really don't think it's for everyone. Yeah, we've had this and, conversation. And I, and I think there, I mean, so so let, let me let me just, before the couples union of the world yells at me too this week, um, I've had enough flack for, for one week of people in my views. But, I mean, there's a lot of couples that shouldn't even be a couple. There's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs that should be entrepreneurs. So the odds of finding a really amazing entrepreneur, that's, that's one person, and another really amazing entrepreneur and they both come together and form an amazing relationship and they happen to complement all their strengths and weaknesses. Do you understand the fucking odds that is? <laughs> like the odds are pretty low. So if that's not, that doesn't happen to be you and you're like, hmm, okay, at least it's 60% good. Fine. If you can live with that, that's great. I just think a lot of people are searching for something that, that's really not easily there they're trying to make something out of something that just doesn't work but right. i think like you and i realize how rare our relationship is and the business strengths that we complement on each other and you know i don't think there's a week that hasn't gone by in quite some time where we don't express that gratitude and that mm. appreciation for each other 
And I've never had that in a relationship either where I feel totally just so appreciated and loved and supported by someone. And I think that's so key for a harmonious business or even personal relationship. And when you realize like how rare something is that you have and you cherish it, it needs to be expressed. I feel like there needs to be like some kind of test. A test. Is there an online test for this? Online test and then like some kind of like, you know, there's like a, a case study. There's like, you have like, show up somewhere live for a weekend and like run a business together just to see if you, you're going to kill each other. But and again, I mean, I guess it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be perfect for you. So, you know, there might be people listening going like, Hey, like I am kind of like, I'm the bull in the relationship and this is kind of my business and my partner helps me in the business. If the partner's completely cool with that and you're happy and it makes your relationship better. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, like who am I to say that it doesn't work? But of the people that we've known and seen and talked to, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's just, it's just. It comes down to like the expectations. And then are those expectations clearly communicated between the two of you? Right. If you both want to be the leaders, fuck, every, all of you have to stand up. Yep. If one person just wants to be the support and the more employee um, you know, we see this like really good with our, our client Drew right. and, you know, his girlfriend does all the photography, the filming, the back end stuff. Um, and that works so great for them. Right. And he's the face of that. So clear communication and the expectations of what your roles and responsibilities are. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I think too, if the business doesn't work, it doesn't mean that the relationship doesn't work. No. There's also many people who you can have separate businesses and brands and that's what you want. Yeah. And that's what you should have and need for that relationship. And I think one thing, I'm going to share one story because it's been killing me to bring this up. Mm -hmm. It's it's taken me a year to share this with the public is sometimes you don't have to do everything together either. Yeah. And when we first started working together, you and I had to do everything together. We step on each other's toes a lot too. I'm going to share a little story. Oh, Oh, is this the... Oh, this oh, is the podcast story. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I'm sure you haven't shared that with your listeners yet. Actually, I have. Okay. Maybe not to the uh, death so, that you're about to. <laughs> so, so Sarah came up with this idea, Joe, we need a podcast. I love podcasts. I don't give a shit about podcasts. No offense to any podcasters out there. I knew nothing about them. You're going to kill the ratings. Don't care. <laughs> Bad publicity is good publicity. I just didn't know anything about it. Now I'm also stubborn. So Sarah's like, Joe, we're doing a podcast together. I'm like, what's a podcast? We got all the equipment and Sarah got firsthand view of when Joe's stubborn and wants to do something, Joe's going to do something. Within 48 hours, I had like 16 guests lined up. I had the top names in the industry lined up. I was like a bull. And I was like, hon, look who I got. Hon, look who I got. Hon, look who I got. And you were getting like upset because I was getting so much traction, so many people, like the who's who of the industry. And I remember you saying, this was supposed to be about us. Now it's about you. And now like you were so angry with me. I'm like, this is awesome for all of us. And you're like, no, the fulfillment project is our thing. It's supposed to be us. And you're making it about you. And we fought. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I think it was like the first time I just left the house. I'm like, I can't even, like, you're not even being rational right now. You're not seeing my point of view. We had a late night screaming fit. All because I was starting to almost like you, you had the perception that the fulfillment runner was more of like just the Joe show. And I was like, hon, like you get your guests. I get my guests. And, and you're like, no, this was us together. And like, you were irrational. There was also a lot of things. I was starting to get really sick. Like I had no like motivation, no energy. My high performance was just not there. And you were actioning way more than I was. And I'm going to say this and you're going to get this on recording. I was jealous. And I had a moment of, of greed and like, you know, envy of what you were doing. And it was coming out negatively. I mean, men, when you realize this and you want to say it to your partner, don't oh. because I said to her the exact same thing. I'm like, because like I could see it so clearly. I'm like, Sarah, you're just jealous because you're the podcast person. I know shit about podcasts, and I'm blowing this shit up, and you're not. And I was like, yeah, take that. And I was like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, oh that was a bad thing to say, <laughs> but I was right. <laughs> and now, now let's fast forward a few months, folks. Six months later. Six months later, all my podcasts are still sitting on my computer. Sarah comes to me saying, 
Joe, I have this idea. I think maybe I should have my podcast and you should have your podcast. Men, lesson number two. Don't say I told you so. Just <laughs> smile and be like, babe, I think it's a great idea. And that's what I did. I was like, deep down, I knew I won, but that didn't matter. The light was shone. It finally came down. The world had balance once again. And so sometimes you don't have to do everything together. You and I are very different people. Mm-hmm. The way we interact with people, the way I stir shit up, the way I talk, you know, like, and, and you have a very different, uh, I think, vision too with, with, with the stories you want to share and then and the people you want to have on the show. So we decided to say, hey, like, what's wrong with, we have a mentorship, we have our masterminds, we have our coaching business. Cool. You have your, your podcast thing. I got mine. I'm going to launch by January, 12 months later. It'll happen, babe. It'll happen. Uh, it just wasn't my priority. It wasn't my passion. Right. You know, but at the same time, if you tell me like, hey, we're going to do something, whether it's a passion or a bond, yeah. I'm going to go all in and, and do something. So, I mean, you're going to fight. You're going to disagree. You're going to argue. Men, you're probably going to be right most of the time. And women, it'll take them six months to realize that they were wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting for certain people to start commenting on that. Comment, <laughs> aren't I? Um, but at the end of the day, you can sit back, you can laugh. Like we, we're really good at kind of like dissecting things. It's like, right. where did this go wrong? Like, how can we get better? At the end of the day, like we want to build a life and a business together and make an impact on people. And the foundation of that comes down to how we interact in our relationship. And exactly. if we're not willing to like grow or step back and be like, okay, I, I was being a fucking idiot or I was wrong. You were right. And like, just kind of letting go of that ego. Like you never grow together. Right. And I think like we've both done a really good job at just, yeah. An incorporation has its own identity, which means that two people cannot have their own ego in an incorporation. Meaning that the business has its own mindset. The business has its own identity. It's what's best for that identity. And I think that's where people get confused where it's not what I think Joe Arco should do. That's the best. And I don't think it's what Sarah should do that's the best it's what's the best for learn to earn what's the best for the business if that means i have to suck it up that means i have to suck it up that means you have to suck it up you have to suck it up and it doesn't mean i'm right you're wrong it means the business gets better and so many people don't understand that and that's why like i'm a very unemotional person when it comes i have zero i have negative 10 emotion when it comes to business because the business i have to basically put myself going the business has its own mind. The business has its own personality. The business has its own persona. I'm just part of that. You're fueling it. I'm fueling that. So what's best for the business? And sometimes that means shutting the fuck up. Sometimes that means letting you do your podcast. Sometimes that means letting me do what I need to do. As long as we can both say, it's not, it's not, it's not an ego thing. You're right. Like it's not, oh fuck, Sarah was right and I was wrong. Or, oh, I'm right. She was wrong. Is the business, is the business right? Yeah. Is the business getting better? irregardless of who's right or wrong, as long as the business is always right, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that's a good point about the ego, setting that aside. Because also, I think we tried to be each other too at one point and now realizing, you know, that's Joe's strength. And like some of our clients, like barely ever talk to me. and are like, right. no, they just need Joe. And sometimes like, no, like we just, you know, you just need Sarah for this. And understanding like, yeah, those clear roles and responsibilities. And it's not always the Joe show. It's not always the Sarah show. It's what's best for the business. So in 2019, we'll be launching our, um, I guess, new mentorship for couples who want to work together. <laughs> I'm just making this up now, but it sounds really good. It is It is a challenge. It's very, it is It is challenging. And we've, we've. I think we've done a lot of counseling this year too with with couples working together. And, you know, if, if we've ever alluded to the fact that it's easy and it's, it's been very you know, smooth. It's, it's been nothing but, but we can also, I mean, I can honestly say that every single week, every month, like we get better and better because we make it a point to make it better and work on it. And if you think you're just going to come together right away and either it works or it doesn't, if you want to work, it can, if you put in the time, you put in the effort and the two people are just really meant to, to work together. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best things we've done this year is get coaching too, Yeah, because having the outside eyes and that third party, cause like, Sometimes you can think you're right or sometimes I think I'm right. And then we get that outside opinion that kind of makes a little bit more sense. And then we're both cohesively yep. on board with with visions and, and things that need mm-hmm. to be done. So I'm excited for 2019. We got a lot of like really cool stuff coming up. Uh, we have one day workshops. We have our mentorship. We have a 12 month mastermind starting. That's like a graduate program of our mentorship. And we're hosting a summit. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
Speaking of things that Sarah thought I was crazy about, <laughs> last May, I came home, and I remember you were in the living room. I came in, arms up in the air like I'm a DJ. I'm like, Sarah, we're hosting a summit. And what were your words? I was like, I, I think I just kind of like stood, looked at you with like a blank face. <laughs> if you had the ability to say you're a fucking idiot, you probably would have said, Joe, you're a fucking idiot. And you're just like, why? What? Like, Huh? And thank you for putting some trust into me because within 48 hours, we had our speakers lined up. Venue. Um, this summit has been in the worst since last May. You know, the venue was, was, was secured in June. Like there's been so much work put into, into this. And I'm so excited that you love my crazy brain. Some of the crazy ideas. Cause it's, it's honestly, it's the first two day business only fitness summit that, that that's being hosted in Canada. And I want to, I want to blow this out of the water. Yeah. I've mentioned it a few times here on the show and I love it because it's stretching us yeah. a lot. Um, like it fucking like freaks me out thinking we're going to get 300 people into a room. And I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, sure. We can like fill workshops and mentorships, but like for two days to commit for like for 300 people to be there, you know, for us and for the speakers and, and for their own growth, like that fucking scares the shit out of me. But I'm so excited because we're putting so much in place in terms of like hiring on help and like having Nikki come in as our project manager and shit that we sometimes I think you and I are like, okay, we we're resourceful people. We need to learn how to do this. And I think like we're stepping more into that leadership role and stepping back and going, okay, we don't need to know how to do it all, but who can we hire to help us? Right. Because for that next level of our business, we know that we need to hire people on. We need, uh, you know, outside eyes, like opinions of stuff that we're not even going to think about. And I'm really excited for that step because I've, Never really been there in business before. And I feel like we're both just totally aligned with that. We're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So if you guys want to join us at the summit and come chill with us for two days, it's cfbs.ca. That's the Canadian Fitness Business Summit. .ca. Come join us April 13th and 14th. We have 10 amazing speakers lined up, plus ourselves, and we're going to rock it with yes. business. And thanks for having me on the show, oh, finally. I'm so excited, babe. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show.